Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ayers on the Road. And we are on the road all around Bear Lake. Everybody's thinking, running all around the lake. You know what I'm thinking, Linda? We should we should consider at least. By the way, listeners, we often bring up things for the first time on the radio show that the other person, Linda, has no idea what I'm going to say right now. I think we should consider changing the title of this show to "Eyes on the Family," and I'll tell you why. We have a goal for this for the rest of this year from fall to fall, fall of 18 to fall of 19, to cut back on travel. We have been traveling so much over the last few years, speaking to families and parents and other groups around the world, that it's been a little bit too much. And we've sometimes given 100 different speeches a year. And that one year, we were only home less than 100 days a year. Yeah, it was really pretty crazy. It was fun, really fun. Really fun. But we've got lots of things going on here at home. And besides, the great thing is that you can do seminars online now. And we're going to start doing more cyberspace things. We're going to use Zoom. We're going to use Skype. We're going to use other things. And speak to groups remotely instead of always traveling there. What do you think of that idea? Well, we have done a little bit of that. We just did a Zoom conference with about 350 uh, from all over the world. Literally, they can gather. And uh, we couldn't see them, but they could see us, which is scary. That is scary, um, yeah. Uh, but that we could show them where we were and um, and really talk to them and, and show them our graphics show them our powerpoint and right. that, you you make a good point linda the great thing about that is we had people from many different we had people i think from all seven continents well maybe not antarctica and uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably not yeah but you can we can reach out so we're going to think about that talk to our producer and maybe Nothing will change except the name, Ayers on the Family, because that's what we're always on. Let's face it. We're on the family. Yeah, we are. Um, good good idea, honey, to well, announce that on the radio before you talk to the producer. But, oh, well, we'll, we'll see what happens on that. Well, I had to catch you off guard because you wouldn't dare say, oh, no, that's a stupid idea to me if we were on the radio. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are up at Bear Lake. We have finished our monster family reunion there are just a few more every year this year we had 50 if you're listening uh in, in another state you may not know where bear lake is there's actually several bear lakes in the world but this is the one on the border of utah and idaho and man it's a beautiful lake and we've spent the last couple of weeks with family coming in and out and so on but today we want to focus not so much on a big family or a small family or a middle-sized family we want to we want to suggest to you that whatever your family size is, whether you have several children or one child or no children, whether you're married or single, whether you're an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or whatever, family is still family. And um, we need to be careful to always emphasize that because no one particular kind of family is inherently better than any other kind of family. It's it's about the relationships that exist, and it's really about the old cliche that blood is thicker than water. You know, we have an interesting um, 
We have an interesting friend coming today, she and her husband, with a couple of girls, daughters, and um, she is an only child, and she, uh, her, both of her parents are, have passed on, and uh, no cousins. Um, I'm not sure about aunts and uncles, but very few. It's just a very, very small family, and um, we have one a son and his wife who only have one child and despite all their efforts that is all they're going to get and we have another son that's unmarried and has and and the, again the careful thing is someone says oh i'm single i have no family and that that really undercuts and discounts what the idea of family is because in fact you know we sometimes joke uh, it's not really funny but among ourselves we say if you don't have a family where did you come from Everyone has parents. Some of those parents have passed on. Most everyone has some kind of a connection to a cousin or to a sibling, maybe to a nephew. Well, and we this son that's not married has an extended family that's quite large and quite remarkable because he is a teacher. Third and, grade uh, teacher. He absolutely adores those kids and so does he and that they he puts his mark on their lives for the rest of their lives in fact we just had one of the families up here um to uh meet them with five kids it was so fun and he is really uh, and deeply engaged with these families which is so great so there's a lot of ways and maybe that discounts family. maybe that discounts the cliche that blood is thicker than water and in josh's case it's pretty thick, the relationship he has with the parents of the kids he's taught over the years. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, and, one of the one of the parents, two, actually two parents who had children in his class just took him to Alaska, to a remote island where they went uh, fishing for halibut, and he pulled in a 150-pound halibut. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we had halibut at the reunion this year. So what, what we're trying to say here is, uh, our dear listeners, and let me try to clarify, we're trying to say that relationships are what matter and family should be broadly defined, extended family. I like that word, although that, that probably isn't necessary. We ought to just be able to say family and mean all of those to whom we are intimately connected. And what we see happening in the world with all the traveling we've done over the last several decades we see a kind of a dividing point between two massively different kinds of paradigms or, or worldviews or approaches to life. On the one hand, we see what we call family, which is essentially people who have relationships with, with those that they love dearly and deeply. And it manifests itself in respons taking responsibility and in sacrificing and in selfless love and in having others that you actually care about more than yourself, even others you'd give your life for. And that's always been the way of human beings, but there's an emerging alternative to that that we think is growing stronger all the time and that, that concerns us greatly. And that is people who feel that independence is the goal in everything and that they shouldn't need to need anyone, that they can be totally self-sufficient, that they can have complete freedom, quote unquote, without responsibility, without sacrifice, just making their personal individual life the most comfortable and the best it can be. And 
we think that's a disaster. We think it's a disaster for society and we think it's a disaster for the individual because it leads to loneliness and isolation. It leads to, you know, it, it, some things that may look pretty good in someone's 20s or 30s where they're free and they have money and they don't have responsibility and they've decided not to, to make commitments or sacrifices or have family. And they, they, they maybe feel pretty free for a little while, but boy, does it catch up to them in a hurry. And when we see people in their 40s or 50s or 60s who are alone and don't have family, that is the saddest thing. It is. Um, however, extended family is not always happy and wonderland. Right. <laughs> because... As we know, it's we, a struggle. we are struggling with some extended family members, and I'm sure many of you listening uh, have done the same. Um, I just talked to our neighbor up here, Bear Lake, yesterday, and she was saying, you just you are so lucky that all your kids like each other, even if they don't all, well, they love each other, even if they like each other, I guess, but they do. Our, our kids are remarkable that way. I'm sure there are little things that are annoying, but we don't know about it. But she said, our kids all hate each other. I mean, they hate an in-law or she said, I have to bring one family up at a time because they just don't get along together. And when that, that is sad. So, I mean, extended family can mean a lot of things. But having said that, and I'm glad you did say that, because the worst thing for any of us is to imagine in our minds that some families are conflict free and some families are just harmonious and copacetic and it's all great. And we don't know a family like that. We've never met one. But, but the thing that differentiates these two polar opposite attitudes in my mind is when you're thinking family or when you're thinking relationships, then you're trying to repair the things that are not good. You're trying to improve them. You're trying to gather your family, whatever it is. You're trying to be with family more and stay in touch with family more and be there to support and help anyone in your family, extended or immediate. And when you're on the other side, when you're matching up with this greater and greater growing selfish lifestyle, I call it selfish, then you don't have any of those responsibilities, but you also don't have any of those joys. And by the way, th this movement towards excessive independence and individual attention to yourself is extremely strong in certain parts of the world. I mean, we travel to Scandinavia once in a while, and it's interesting. I read a statistic the other day that in Sweden, which is a country that's dear to me because my I'm half Swedish, my mother... Uh, is all Swedish, and, and uh, they came from Malmo in the south of, of Sweden. But this statistic said that of all the households in Stockholm, which is the capital city, of course, the, all the legal domiciles in, in Stockholm, 60% of those households are occupied by one single individual. And that's the extension of a trend that's gone on for a while. I mean, if we go back 50 or 100 years, most everyone married or had the ideal of marrying and having a family. Then that slipped away with higher and higher divorce and it slipped away again with more and more cohabitation. And in this country, we're at a point where far more young couples move in together unmarried, cohabitating, 
than who move in together as married couples. So there's a lot of slippage in a lot of different ways. But it's gone even further in, in this statistic in Sweden. These are people then who basically say, I, I not only don't want to marry, I, not, I don't even want to cohabitate. I want to live by myself. I want to just take care of me. I want to spend my money only on me. And if I need companionship, I can go. I don't mean to make this so terrible sounding, Linda, but if I need companionship, I'll go down to the bar or the pub and find someone to be with for the night. I mean, the, 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 the idea, it, it's two polar opposites, don't you think, Linda? One is about responsibility and sacrifice and love, and the other one's about taking care of number one, namely me. Right. It is an interesting selfie society, should we call it that? But, I mean, we all, <clears throat> we all fall into that now and then, and um, I, I do have to say that, Life is slipping by really fast for us, and we have decided to try and do the very best we can to really develop these relationships with our extended family because we think it goes on forever. And so it's so important to take care of these relationships while we're here. So when we come back, we need to take a brief break, but we're going to get to the how-to part of the show and throw out to you a bunch of ideas on how to tighten the relationships within your family, how to gather people, how to be in touch more effectively, how to work through some of the issues that might be estranging you from some member of your family. Not that we have all the answers, but at least we're thinking about it, and we invite you to think about it with us right after this brief break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back with Ayers on the Road. Um, we have, I have not been on the road except literally into Montclair, <laughs> Idaho, which is my hometown, 30 miles away on a dirt road, or around the lake to get raspberry shakes, or to run over to see the melodrama, um, Juanito Bandito. <laughs> And uh, it really ha has been a fun, fun summer. I I have been here since July 1st. I've not left. Yeah, what saying. you're saying is it's really fun not to be on the road. So that's why we might change this to Ayers on the Family. <laughs> I just had to throw that in one more time. So we're talking about extended family today and how, how important it is and how it can be different configurations for different people. I want to start off by this this thing that uh, we're on this family reunion that we're just concluding. Family reunions are kind of they're kind of an art form in in the Mormon culture and in the West where families tend to gather in a way that's kind of unique and kind of remarkable. In fact, I've been we've been posting on our Instagram account. By the way, I invite you to look at it if you want to see some pictures of a massive, confusing reunion. Go on Instagram and go to uh, Richard Linda Iyer, all strung together, just Richard Linda Iyer, no spaces, on Instagram, and you'll see the craziness that's been going on up here with so many people. Oh, now, wait a minute. It isn't, and, just, well, it's, it isn't just chaos. We've had a fabulous had a, reunion. Fa yeah, we have our, our kids in charge. I mean, uh, when we started the, these reunions, we uh, Richard thought, you know, let's just – 
let's have everybody prepare a talk on a topic that would be stimulating. Oh, that was years ago. Well, yeah, I'm saying it was, was years really ago. Really stupid. And after the <laughs> and after the kids uh, did that for one year, they said, "You know what, Dad? We'll take it from here." And so every uh, family <clears throat> is assigned to be in charge one year, and for them, it's pretty cushy because there's nine of them, so they only have to do it every nine years. But this year we did um, the reunion on ancestors and not not necessarily what we consider ancestors because it was just our parents, my mom and dad, Richard's mom and dad. And it was so fun. They, they had, did their research. They knew so much about our parents that we didn't even know or wow. remember. I mean, they have four children. Each one of them was a team representing one of our ancestors. They just had so many games. I mean, we churned butter. We uh, we had far a farmer team and a chef team and an athletic team, and based on based on and a dance team based on on these four, uh, our parents or the grandparents of our children, the great grandparents of their children. So it was Team Ruth, Team Roy, Team Dean, and Team Hazel. And all the competitions and all the games and all the things we did were based on those teams. And I think the kids are coming out of it as we conclude this week with a lot, not only knowing more about their grandparents, but sort of feeling it more and having experienced it and having <clears throat> felt kind of intimate about it than they than they ever had before. Now you might have you might ask yourself, now what about the in-laws who aren't related to those <laughs> to those ancestors? And it is a valid point that no, I mean their blood does not run in the veins of our in-law children, but they have been so fabulous to embrace this and say, but they they run in the blood of our children. Yeah, they're in our children. So, so we're part of this and that's been really awesome. It has just been so clever. And uh, stories, you know, one time when we were getting ready for dinner, Richard and I told stories about our parents and, and us as little children growing up. And then they had a charades game after that, acting out the story to see if we could guess with prizes. And, wow, I mean, it was, an, it was a pretty amazing reunion. We even had um, little necklaces and when – People saw uh, children doing something nice for someone without being asked, and so on. They got a bead, and at the end, they had a little store. Uh, Hazel Dean, Roy, uh, Roy Ruth, a store, and uh, they could buy little things. It really was quite remarkable. Now, again, not to, I mean, this would be very intimidating to some people under this big multi day reunion with all these activities and so on. That wouldn't be workable or even appropriate for many families. But, of course. But we've heard of so many different kinds of efforts to pull family together from an overnight camping trip to just a big dinner where people come together and maybe there's only five people in your family, but they get together and they talk and they yeah. have a little agenda. And actually, we had one family who just read a book together and then they just met for dinner and talked about the book and figured out a book that everyone would be interested in. And so they had a topic and, and it worked beautifully. It was amazing. And those were families that were having some struggles with some relationships in the family. I, I was with a, a, not long ago at a speech we were giving, I, I um, we got talking about extended family and we went around the room and one, one of the first people that responded said, well, I, I don't have any siblings. I have one cousin, um, who I haven't seen for 15 years. 
said, you know, I ought to reach out to him and get in touch. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Here's a person whose whole family consists of one cousin and he hasn't been in touch for 15 years. Now, again, you can't, you can't guilt trip someone into being more in touch with families. And there are a lot of people who say, I, you know, I just don't get along with my family. I just, my friends are far more, have more in common with me and so on. But over time, I think everyone will come to some kind of a realization that I really want to be in touch with my family. And how can I do it a little better? How can I reach out more and how can I do something sort of regular, whether it's a regular call or some kind of a reunion or a, a get together for dinner once every two months or whatever is practical, but so that these relationships don't get put on the shelf where they just gradually deteriorate until they go away. It really is pretty, uh, that is true, honey. And I, I just think that really working on thinking on these relationships, we just reconnected with a family. Uh, and I have an interesting family because my mother was married for the first time at 38. My dad was 51. He had been married previously. His wife had died of cancer. So they found each other, thought they could never have children. They adopted a little boy and then at 41 she had me and 12 months later my sister and uh, so but the, in, in this first family there was a half brother and a half sister the half brother died as an alcoholic and their children grew up with a mother who was very abusive and we have just lost track of those two little girls that they had and just recently in the last couple of years we have gotten back <laughs> We've gotten back in touch with them, and it's been pretty amazing. They're still they're living in trailer houses and or um, down and out a lot of days, but boy, do they take care of each other, and they're such sweet girls. Uh, one has a family, um, but the other one helped raise. She had fetal alcohol syndrome, so she's got mentally impaired, but she's the sweetest thing, taking care of her sister's kids her whole life and everybody else's lawns and everything. Honestly, so it is, it's been so fun to reconnect with them through the years and th after all these years and thinking, wow, you know, what can we do for them? We've been in touch with them every month since then. And I'll bet a lot of folks listening, Linda, are saying, well, there is so-and-so, a cousin or a second cousin or a, an aunt or someone I haven't been in touch with for a long time. Maybe I'll reach out and just see what that person's doing and whether I can do anything for them and so on. I, I want to hit on the word cousins again just for a minute. What we try to do in our family is to teach the children, teach our grandchildren, that their cousins are are very, very important, that in the hierarchy of things, you've got your siblings and you've got your friends, and somewhere right in between are your cousins. They're, they're more important over long term in most cases than friends. They're almost like siblings. And there's something magical about cousin relationships. We've, we've kind of grouped our grandkids into groups by age, and they have such an amazing camaraderie. And some of them won't see each other for a year because they live, you know, you've got one, we've got one living in Switzerland, for example, and one in England, and one of our kids in Maui. And so these kids don't see each other except at this reunion. But they come back together and it's like, oh, here we are with our cousins again. And there's such a building up of a trust relationship and even a mentoring relationship where some of the older cousins 
are able to sort of set an example and even counsel a little bit with the younger cousins who look up to them and who know, hey, we have the same grandparents. You know, we're we don't have the same parents, but we have the same grandparents. We're cousins. We're we're linked. We're bonded. And that's a really, really powerful thing. We want to continue to cultivate that. And the same thing works with uncles and aunts. One of the things that happened at this reunion that I thought was just fabulous, and it happened totally spontaneously, is we got talking as adults about the concerns. Each of every one of our kids has a concern about one or more of their children that's relatively serious. And we were talking and sharing those. And it, it turned out that some of our children said to others of our children, hey, would you intervene? Would you help a little with my daughter? Who's I'm having a hard time communicating with her. She's got this issue. She really looks up to you as an uncle or an aunt. Will you call her or will you go to dinner with her and will you talk to her about this issue? I think she'll listen to you better than she'll listen to me. And then on the same uh thread one of the our sons and daughter-in-law <clears throat> said you know what we are only going to have this one child that's all we've tried everything and that's all we can do so we uh would love to help with some you know if you've got a teenager in trouble send them out not too much trouble but send them quite no, far out because they live in, <laughs> Zur in zurich switzerland send them over we'll take care of them we'll give them a change of scenery maybe maybe we'll be able to get in a discussion that'll help them yeah it was really pretty remarkable and then others started sharing their concerns with their kids and so on and it was, it was i thought it was a remarkable meeting it wasn't planned at all it's just one of those things that happened well yeah and it, it illustrates the point if you get together even if you don't have some big agenda or something it opens the possibility of helping each other and i think that's the idea that uh, blood is thicker than water look i'm an uncle i don't have direct stewardship over this child but I see the parent of the child is really struggling and there's a communication problem between the parent and child. Maybe I can step in. Maybe I can intervene. Maybe I can help in some way. It's kind of like, you know, the old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. I don't know really uh, how to interpret that in different ways, but it certainly takes a family. And you could even say it takes an extended family to raise a child. So what we're saying is look at your family whether it's your siblings or your cousins or whatever it is as an adult, and look at them as resources that may be helpful to you in raising your own child. And at the same time, see how, how can I be a resource to you, my sibling or my cousin, in raising your children. Team up. Have a team approach, which, again, is the very opposite of what we started out the show on, where people are thinking, Best to be independent, best not to need anyone, best to do it all myself, and that is total nonsense. We're all inter interdependent, especially within families. Right, and, and we don't want you to think that our family is just homogeneous and everybody, I mean, everybody does get along well, I have to say that, but um, they're so different. They're so different. We were talking the other day with the kids about uh, how amusing it is that people have married different people with different uh, Goals and different aspirations that everybody's on a different economic level. I mean, it just really is so fun. We have, <clears throat> as I mentioned earlier, we have um, one, our kids in charge. And so 
We The food is an issue, as many of you women out there must be thinking when you have 50 people here for uh, the reunions three and a half days, then that's all we can do. But then people come and go. So we've had between 30 and 50 here every single day of July. And so um, it really was fun to see that next year, the, the couple that are in charge, I mean, we had a lot of great food this year. Next year, the couple in charge, I think we're going to have food storage. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they so, want to use up their food storage. Right. We're out of time, Linda. But let me end on the grandparents note. If you're listening and you're a grandparent today, you really ought to be the one to take it upon yourself to bring about these gatherings, whether they're large or small, whether right. they're long or short. You're <laughs> the one. You're the patriarch and matriarch of that family of yours, whatever its size or configuration. Figure out a way to get them together and get them talking. And if you want specific instructions in the new grandmothering book that I just uh, did, the last chapter is on reunions, and it, it tells you how to connect to the Internet so you can see pictures and, and so on. But we do wish you the very best in getting your extended family together. We'll see you again next time on Iron Road. Adios.